0: Blue wire. The Arizona Cardinals select, Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray.
1: This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson himself, look at him, dirt. back and forth. Oh, he
0: broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to this Pass podcast, funded by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, but bubble with me, as always, my co-host, uh, Reagan. We're back here to continue our stroll through the uh, divisions in the NFL as we get ready for the start of the 2021 season. And next uh, up on our list is the NFC West. And, um, Dylan, as we always say, one of the hardest divisions to predict in the NFL. Probably, once again, one of the strongest divisions. Um, and picking a winner, as you'll see when we talk about how much actually separates the projected win totals between these four teams could be a difficult task uh, trying to figure out who's going to come out on top of this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's anyone's guess who's going to win the division uh, each year. I mean, now three straight seasons with different winners with the Rams 2018, then you got the Niners and the Seahawks, and you'll look at it, the team that finished in last place this year has the high, or well, the second highest uh, win total in Vegas for their uh, for their betting odds. So, man, it's uh yeah, it's, it's the depth is here. That makes it really tough to predict. Um, maybe if the Cardinals are still, in my mind, a, a bit below the other teams for reasons we'll get to when we talk about them. But uh, really, if, if the 49ers stay healthy, look at all the depth they have with Kyle Shanahan's offense and what now with Trey Lance in there and how he's looked in camp so far. It, it's a uh, pretty scary team, but obviously the Seahawks and Rams uh, keep each year. Uh, the Rams didn't make the playoffs a couple of years ago. But Two teams for sure that um, also have in their own expectations to win the division. So, I mean, it's there's a reason that it's considered, if not the strongest, one of the strongest divisions, probably the strongest in the NFC at least. Um, I'd say only the AFC North for me in terms of the depth would be on the same level, and that's only if Cincinnati takes a jump this year. But Otherwise, yeah, it's it's all these games are insanely competitive. Their strength of schedule is always going to be tough because they all have to face each other twice. There's no real weak link, even with Arizona. If I in my mind still have them on a tier below some of the other teams, it's there at you know in a lot of divisions they'd probably be the second best team. Uh, they have a lot of talent, as we'll get to. So it's yeah, what a division I'm very uh, very close to have watched probably more NFC West games closely than any other division, um, but. Yeah, yeah like you're saying it's uh, in terms of predicting man i'm glad in this episode we just get to look at uh win ranges uh because yeah i mean inevitably some of the teams aren't going to have as good of records because they face each other right so they're going to all beat up on each other that's what happens every time but uh still a little easier than trying to eventually predict the division winner we still have a few weeks until then so thankful for that
1: yeah it's one of those divisions maybe a lot of ties because uh you could have uh, a lot of teams that are pretty close to each other, but. Let's start with your Los Angeles Rams. They are the team that has the projected highest win total of any team in this division, a 10.5, and And as we'll see, there's not a lot separating that from the team that's projected at the bottom. Uh, But the Rams, as we know, uh, changing of the guard, a quarterback with Matthew Stafford in there now, placing Jared Goff, who is uh, in Detroit, and um, of course, we kind of know what the expectations are with the Rams Uh, offensively. You know what you're getting. With Sean McVay and, um, you know, you know what you're getting with the wide receivers and such. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of things. I think you, you look at them, of course, the Cam Akers injury is one that, um, you know, we, we talked about. It's, it's notable, but Daryl Henderson is also someone that can probably pick up the, the slack there and be able to to certainly contribute in a big way. You know, you got got Aaron, Aaron Donald leading the way on the defensive line. You've got Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. I mean, there's a lot to like about the Rams, which is why exactly... They are probably the team projected with the highest win total Mm -hmm. here. Um, Really, though, you know, it's, I think it's just, it's about Matthew Stafford. And if if he can play 16 games and uh, show kind of what we know he's capable of that we didn't necessarily always get to see with the Lions, um, I don't, you know, I don't think there's any reason to not be optimistic for the Rams.
0: No, I'm absolutely excited. I do think that the expectations for a Super Bowl, obviously the the Rams have put themselves in a good place to have those kind of expectations, but they might be a bit high just based on some of the turnover on this roster overall. A lot of really important defensive players, as we've talked about. Um, I've left Troy Hill and john johnson too the most important obviously michael brockers i do think along the defensive line at least in the interior they have a lot of really good two gap guys sebastian joseph day even Sean robinson so i i feel good about the front still i think uh, having a healthy season from terrell lewis and akarankwo like the, these guys are both physical freaks but they just need to stay on the field i think there's a chance they'll happen i do believe floyd uh, leonard floyd what he was able to produce won't just be a one-off I think he fits really well into what the system does it gets into a lot of chances to succeed and he's really you know bought into the culture that Sean McVay has established there so the front of the offense or sorry the front of the defensive line the defense looks good to me still the linebacking crew it's not a huge part of the the way that they operate even with Brandon Staley leaving and Raheem Morris coming in probably going to keep a similar system uh, with their defense the, the linebackers aren't as big of a liability I'm As much as I've been up really high, and they've really done a great job—not just drafting defensive backs, but developing them—it is a huge uh, loss to to lose John Johnson. You've got either—I mean—they might go with Jordan Fuller, kind of more in the free safety role than where he's slotted currently on the depth chart. Strong safety with Terrell Burgess getting more time, but I I, I just—someone's going to have to step up as the captain, essentially the play caller, the the quarterback, essentially of this defense. Uh, They also losing their um, slot corner in Troy Hill. Uh, David Long's likely the guy that you most often mentioned so far getting that position but it's just a lot of young guys having to fill really important roles that you know maybe you take for granted just because of how much talent maybe you think of Aaron Donald and the faces of that Rams defense from previous years when they had to leave Marcus Peters and obviously Jalen Ramsey but the, the really under guys are the part where I wonder if that defense a, is going to be as good and then for the offense I am you know it really comes down to the offense line. I do believe yeah with Stafford he has not had had an awful offensive line throughout his career. He's had a lot of receiving talent in Detroit, but not, not a lot of time to throw to him, um, and, and not much of a running game. So I think even with, like you said, Cam Akers is out. I, uh, you know, I still believe in what the offensive line for that team has been able to do in previous years. Even though, you know, obviously Andrew Whitworth, at some point he's 40 now. Like he can't keep going at this rate. But he was one of the best left tackles in the NFL, limiting, um, limiting pl- plays where guys would blow by him essentially. I think he only had two. Uh, really like messed up blocks there's a football outsider stat on this so I mean he yeah he's he's been dominant the rest of the offense line David Edwards really filled in great last year at left guard and you, you still feel pretty good about the right guard and right tackle they lose their center in Austin Blythe so that's still kind of the, the question mark but I think all the I think what you know the offense we saw the explosiveness of this Rams team kind of leave them the last couple seasons teams kind of figure them out but also Jared Goff just did not take the next step as the turnover of the roster. Uh, you, you know, they really needed him to to take a progression, and he kind of stayed stagnant. I do think with Stafford in there, those, that explosiveness is going to be back. Obviously, they get Deshaun Jackson trying to mold Tutu Atwell to be kind of that same role eventually. Uh, so they have the, the, you know, Deshaun Jackson, though, the thing is with health of him has been a concern. Tutu's had some uh, injuries in training camp. Those guys need to stay on the field, though, because, uh, as much as we love Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and those guys are, are huge they do rely on them to you know catch and run they get a, a lot of yak um, but this team has really lacked that I think that big play threat and I think that is going to open up things for everything else they want to do and that's what I'm most excited about so there's question marks for me like the, the potential is there right like there's a reason they have the 10 and a half there's a reason there's a ton of hype about them there's a reason that they should expect to win the division and be a Super Bowl contender but a lot of People have to take that next step in their progression. And, you know, they haven't drafted a first round pick since Jared Goff. And it, it's worked out okay because they've been able to develop all these second, third, fourth, fifth rounders, even six rounders like Jordan Fuller. Uh, but it's, can keep happening? That is the question this year. And, you know, I don't expect the defense to stay as a top three, top four team. I still think they can be a top 10 unit with some of the guys they have and how well they've been able to develop it's really the offense can't be can't be the offensive last you know the last couple seasons last year it ended up costing them the division ended up costing them probably and possibly making a super bowl run but um and obviously they have a really tough schedule so those things all factor in for me i i would put the the low point as long as stafford stays healthy i would say they'd still be able to get to like a nine and eight record i wouldn't feel like under 500 is going to happen for this team even when they missed the playoffs a couple of years ago they went nine and seven uh but i I don't know how, uh, you know, the ceiling for me is probably closer to 13 max. But more likely, I'm, I'm looking at a team that's probably going to go 11-6, and six, be maybe the first wild card, that kind of situation, or the division winner. Like you said, it's going to be impossible to predict. Um, I just hope they're not – they don't have the depth they used to. So they, they need to stay healthy. They got really lucky last year with their offensive line health. And that needs to continue to happen if they're going to uh, get back to contending, not just for a playoff spot, but also going deeper into the postseason.
1: Well, the 49ers not far behind, as we said, uh, Rams 10 and projected win total 49ers are 10. Um, I mean, it's really, you know, we know where everything's going to start with the Niners. And I think it's going to be how does things look at the quarterback position, not in week one, but, you know, week eight or week nine. Um, what does that look like by that point? Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. But they draft Trey Lance. Um, I think people are just waiting to see how does that situation unfold there. Uh, we know what the 49ers want to do in terms of uh, offensively, um, how they want to approach this. And, of course, they have weapons to work with. Um, so, I mean, it, it becomes interesting. I mean, we know, again, what the defense is capable of as well. Uh, when you know, the guys they have there with Nick Bosa leading the way and such. Um, it's just really, I think it's a matter of what, what we see at the quarterback position, not just again, week mm-hmm. one, but week one through week, you know, 17, 18, like, what does that look like yeah. for them throughout the entire season? That probably determines their win total.
0: Yeah. I, I, obviously the health of their defense too, last year was ridiculous. All the injuries yeah. they had, but, um, I think I feel better now that they have Trey Lance and so behind Jimmy Garoppolo, if he goes down, cause even when Jimmy has played, they've been able to win pretty consistently. Throughout his tenure there, so I they have a really deep team. Offensive line still in a good place. Obviously, the uh, Trent Williams extension keeping him very important, and uh, I just believe so much in Kyle Shanahan. I know it's kind of become a. Like it's like everyone is just so high on him, but it, there's a reason for it with what he's able to do with that offense. I believe the health of the defense is going to bounce back and they will be a much better uh, team than they were on that side of the ball than last year. Last year, uh, even though they had all the injuries, they still finished sixth in DVOA. That, that's the scary part. Like this team has the potential to be again, a top two, three defense with an offense that we saw what they did two years ago. Obviously they took a huge you know regression, but injuries, I think play a huge role. Um, uh, they had a tougher schedule. That's one thing that this year finishing last really gave them a huge boost in terms of some of their opponents. The Rams, uh, Football Outsiders projects them to have the sixth toughest schedule. Seattle much more reasonable at 14th, but 25th for the Niners. And that's it. All comes down to yep. you know some of the games you're getting at home, but also getting the Bengals instead of one of the three you know playoff possible AFC North teams. Um, and even from the the other games on their schedule, I mean, it's just it's not the most intimidating. Group of teams that they're going to have to face this year. They get the Eagles uh, and, the, uh, and the Falcons as their two teams as a flex from the other divisions. They, obviously, they have to faced the entire NFC North uh, as the rest of, the teams of their teams are division, but they get the Packers at home. Um, and I think they get the Vikings possibly at home. Let me check. It. Yep, the Vikings at home too. So, I mean, they get some of their tougher games at home, and that's that strength is that difference in the schedule. They're only projected to, uh, by football outsiders to finish with a half win more than the Rams. They're tied with Seattle, and I think it really, as much as uh, you know, they have the talent and they have that schedule, means a lot, and I think that's a big reason why. When we get to our predictions, I'm gonna have to consider them again. I picked them to win the division last year, it did not work out at all, obviously, with them <laughs> finishing last. Um, but I, I do think I, I do feel like at the quarterback position, they're in good shape. It's just when does Troy Lance take over, and you know, if if the Niners, I, I do believe that Kyle Shanahan wants to keep going through Apple and knows what he can do with him, but Lance has displayed some pretty ridiculous <laughs> ability and in some of these camps, and when he's gotten some snaps with the first team, I believe, last week, yeah, I mean, he blew people away, and, well, you know, obviously the same things were said about some quarterbacks that don't pan out, same things were said when it was Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, not saying that <laughs> Trey Lance is going to be that level of amazing, but I am, I don't, I'm not as concerned as with past years about, okay, if Garoppolo struggles with, struggles with injuries, who's going to play QB and all these guys that cycled through um, the Nick Mullins of the world, and I, I just feel like they have a, a guy, dynamic, possible playmaker that with Kyle Shanahan he's going to put him in a place to succeed it's scary for me as a Rams fan to think about the future of it I'm just glad they have Matthew Stafford at least but man it's this team is it's deep Um, And I, as much as you know they don't you know they lose a little bit of the receiving depth born gone I, I maybe that's like one part that's not exactly the strongest but George Kittle's on a different level man and him staying healthy it's just yeah, so many injuries that I, I can't imagine they're going to have that bad of luck again. I think they're a playoff team. I think they have that, that ability, especially as we've kind of talked about the NFC doesn't have as many really, really good uh, teams that you predict that will be in the Super Bowl conversation. Maybe San Francisco will get back there.
1: Yeah. They've, uh, you know, it's a matter of, if you come out of this division, you know, you're going to be tested. So um, that, that could at least be something uh, you can lean on with that. And then, again, not far behind. The Seahawks are at nine and a half wins. So we've had, uh, you know, between the top three teams, we've got one win essentially separating uh, that group. So Seahawks are at nine and a half. And um, I mean, like we said, like, yes, you can see the Seahawks winning this division. And um, that just, again, shows you kind of where things are. And I think it goes back to your earlier point that somebody's got to lose these games unless, <laughs> unless again, we get a record number of ties. Um, that's That's always a possibility. But somebody's got to lose some of these games. And uh, Seahawks at nine and a half, uh, I guess, uh, you know, this is basically what we're doing with every team here is what is going to be the thing that can sort of separate each of these teams from each other. Um, you know, the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, no one else does. Yeah, exactly. um, that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, we know, you know, we know what DK Metcalf has become Tyler Lockett's been one of the most consistent guys out there. Um, so you kind of know what you're getting there, uh, running back situation. I mean, Chris Carson, probably more, consistent and maybe people will give credit for uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's just I think it's the defense right I think that's one of the things we always go back to with them I mean they've got Jamal Adams now we know that um, you know they're they just a lot of different things I think with this team where they have Russell Wilson and everybody else doesn't and I think that's that's always something that could set them apart but I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what their their identity is this season
0: yeah and Russell Wilson made his you know as dominant as he was at certain stretches he made his frustrations with some of the stagnant things in the offense and some of the play calling known last year. So I will, you know, when they were kind of operating at a throwing on early downs and doing the kind of things that we were asking and Seahawks Twitter, very vocal was asking about for many years, finally started happening um, and they started winning games and then they kind of went back to, to being a little more, uh, you know, a little conservative and it just did not work out insanely well for them. It, It didn't help always also their defense, Take a huge step back, and uh, you know, finishing much lower than than usual in DVOA, down in the twenties. It's it's not something we're used to seeing from Seattle. I think they will bounce back. Had, they need the pass rush to be a lot better. Uh, that was a big reason they finished twentieth in pass defense DVOA. Um, that is what is still the concerning part for me that side of the ball. Um, they they make some interesting additions, and Jamal Adams, I you know, makes a, a lot of big plays, but at the same time, isn't the strongest. Uh, coverage safety in the NFL when he's not rushing the passers so that uh, uh, yeah they have Russell Wilson still they have the uh, an, an insanely uh insanely talented receiving duo with DK Metcalf and Lockett and some interesting things they can do there I, I believe they'll still once again be a stronger offensive team I think it's it, you know they finished six in DVOA there last year but if they're going to be a Super Bowl contender they need the defense to step up and Played fine against the Rams in the playoffs and and towards the end of the regular season, but the you know fine wasn't good enough when you had Jared Goff barely able to with his thumb basically in two parts and what they what that offense with the Rams kind of looked like and how conservative it had, it had to be. Um, I that's just that's the part that separates them maybe for me a little bit from where I might think about the Niners and, and Rams and what those defenses could look like um, and where I think their offenses are both going to take a good step forward. So Russell Wilson has to be elite as he always has been, but uh, I think they that, that balance is more what I'm concerned about possibly with, with this team. Uh, Schedule-wise, like I mentioned, not, it's on the easier half of the league um, based on projections from both Sharp Football and from Football Outsiders. But, I, yeah, I, I feel like they're they're a playoff team, but I'm like, do I consider them still as like a, you know, I don't put them on that level of where they were back in the heyday um, of the Legion of Boom, and obviously that defense was so dominant. But it's just, do I – Right now, it's it's hard. Like I'm gonna need to see something a huge amount of progression from that defense to believe that in the postseason against either the Packers with Rodgers healthy and Brady healthy for the Bucs, are they gonna be able to beat those teams? I just don't. I just don't believe they would um, at this point. And obviously, it's really early t- to be talking about things like that. But that's the kind of expectations they have and should have when they have a talent, a quarterback like Russell Wilson. And uh, you know, he's been doing it for many years. He's he's tired of of not making it back to that. That mountaintop. It's been seven years now since they've made the Super Bowl, so uh, and obviously won it, you know, eight years ago. So it's it's time for them to, to take that step. And uh, I think the range is still uh, similar to both the Niners and Rams and the Seattle, and le- pending injuries, because we saw it with San Francisco last year. I think, you know, nine and eight, they shouldn't be lower than that. Um, that's I think that's their floor. So I definitely go over the nine and a half number. I feel pretty good about a ten and seven, 11, six season, but do they have the talent in those games against the top teams to beat them with the defense? I, that's what I think of what the, if I was a Seahawks fan, that's the biggest question I'd be having. And I'd be most focused on is how strong. And I'm, obviously there's a ton of questions about Seattle's offense and uh, not being as stagnant as they were down the stretch of last season, but it all starts with me. If they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, they have to be more balanced on both sides.
1: Well, and then that leads us to the team at the bottom don't look now but the cardinals are at eight and a half um so remember the rams at ten and a half cardinals eight and a half so the team at the top team at the bottom uh there's two wins uh, separating those two so that's a pretty thin margin for error there if you just go off of the win projections uh, the cardinals i mean uh, you know what you're getting offensively um they're going to you know do what they do <laughs> they're going to probably pass the ball quite a bit they've got kyler murray who can uh, do a lot of different things. Uh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, may- maybe we should be calling the Cardinals the new Texans. Um, of course, they have J.J. Watt now um, on, on defense. And so there's a lot of a lot of different things that are interesting uh, here with the Cardinals. I think the defense probably is what it's going to come down to. But I also think Kyler Murray's development, like we've talked about that. Um, how does he continue to progress as a quarterback? They've got the weapons uh, now. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, they're also got A.J. Green there, which I know AJ Green's a little bit later in his career, but um, you know DeAndre Hopkins leading the way, probably still going to be one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, but I think the defense, Kyler Murray's development, those are probably the two big things uh, for the Cardinals. It seems.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, they really slid off on offense down the stretch of last season because the thing was like we did not expect their defense to be as strong as it was. It finished tenth in DVOA, and it wasn't you know great necessarily, but it was much better than it had been a year before. Uh, they took a lot of positive steps and felt really good about where they were at. And I, I, you thought that was going to translate to to wins because the whole Cliff Kingsbury, you know, is supposed to make the, everything easier. But this team still, even when they were going well early in the season um, on offense, it was a lot of kind of backyard plays, guys just making plays in the open field. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins in particular, but. Uh, yeah, Kyler in the second half of the year did not play well. I know he dealt with some injuries, but they had some pretty brutal games. I think of the loss of the Patriots as one where really New England was doing anything insane, but they just could not move the football. To, and then you look at when they lost, obviously the Rams defense was great last year but that last week, 17 game without Kyler and with Kyler, even when Kyler did come in briefly, it just was not. Pretty and that's the thing. I, they should not be at this point. Um, you know, as the year progresses, you should not be going backwards as an offense to finishing to 19th in DVOA. That's just not getting it done. And uh, there's a reason why they're the, you know, even though eight and a half still good. They're projected to have the lowest win total by Football Outsiders in this division at 7.9. That's probably the one of the highest uh, for a fourth place uh, predicted team of, of their projections. I, I do think that eight and a half number is probably basically right on. I think seven and ten, eight and nine, unless the offense can take that step, up. they have the talent. There's no excuse for it. But Kyler does have to play more consistently, and um, it's uh, it's kind of just, was disappointing for you know from their point of view as a Rams fan. Very happy the Rams are able to stay in the playoffs, but <laughs> for the Cardinals right now, it's like all right, you guys looked like you were going to be, you know, they were a trendy playoff team last year, and I still think people might pick them, but maybe they're a little wary because of what we saw with the offense, even with the, the talent they had, uh, just Cliff hasn't quite gotten his system to, to work at the level that maybe they had hoped when they brought him in. And this, so this is a big year. I mean, they're, they have decisions to make on Kyler's option you know, with his uh, from his rookie deal coming up within a, a year or so. Um, obviously, Cliff now in his third season try, trying to take a big step forward. And I don't, I don't think you know they finished eight and eight last year. Could have been a playoff team. But, uh, you know, if a couple of little things went their way, obviously they also did benefit from the, from the Hail Mary against the Bills. So I don't know, man, they're, they, they I mean, as much as I want to be optimistic about them, it's just, I, I think the other three teams are better. I, yeah. it's, that's the thing. And, uh, it's every, you know, at least in the, they've had some more success, a little bit against Seattle and San Francisco. Sean McVeigh has been just relentlessly kicking Arizona's butt even before, before uh, Cliff Kingsbury is there. They've just always had their number, and they're not a team that at this point, you know, they have the talent. But I think Kyler has to take a big step. Like it, it, he can't be on the same level because otherwise they're just going to be kind of mediocre again.
1: Yeah, like you said, there's no easy, no easy games in the division. Um, so you can't really afford to go backwards really in any area and try to catch the other teams. Uh, again, knowing what the expectations are for the other three. So it'll be interesting. But as you can see, there's um, you know not a lot necessarily separating those four teams, although I, I'm going to agree with you, and it'll be interesting to see where we pick these once we make our actual predictions. But I do think the Cardinals are probably at the bottom of this list. Uh, who's at the top? I'm not going not gonna to make that call just yet. Yeah. Um, all right, let's finish up uh, quickly with our uh, three categories we always look at as we do the general overview here. And, again, we'll have our predictions for this division coming up before uh, the season starts um as we always do but we'll start with division MVP and um we're gonna have a common theme here for a couple of these because uh we're gonna pick the the same people but you know I looked around and this is where like okay if the Cardinals just made that jump let's say they win the division then obviously you're gonna put Kyler Murray probably in that category uh but I still think Russell Wilson is the guy you have to go with here and I know that's kind of a boring answer but it's like I mean you know even if the Rams win the division I mean, Stafford could be. I assume, you know, if yeah. he just if he plays every game, if he has the type of season you expect him to, um, you know, I don't know. Aaron Aaron Donald could just be just once again Aaron Donald, and and maybe that's good enough to 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 land that particular um, you know mm-hmm. honor in our opinion. But I still think Russell Wilson's probably the person to beat for this one.
0: Yeah, it's it's between those three for me, unless Trey Lance comes in in Week Five and becomes Patrick Mahomes again. Not predicting that, but <laughs> would not want that to happen in this division, but I, he's maybe the other guy that could possibly get on this list, but I think, yeah, it has to be Russell Wilson. No team success outside of, you could, I guess that you could argue the Rams defense hinges more on one person, um, than, than Russell Wilson. I, I don't know where this team would have been for the last couple of years without him, uh, with some of the struggles they've had on defense and the offensive line is, you know, again, probably a middling kind of group, uh, not, not top 10, at least from any of the rankings I've looked at or, um so i yeah, i mean russell wilson makes that offense go makes that team go so he he for me is going to be the mvp cuz as much as stafford could you know, you know could have a career year and ideally would and you know the rams won the division you're you're still going to look at a team that had a great defense and was able to make the playoffs and win a playoff game last year without stafford i d- i just don't think the same could have been said about seattle a year ago
1: yeah probably not so i think russell wilson the pick there for us uh, in that category now, our breakout player. I have no idea where Dylan's going here because usually we make our <laughs> picks for the episode starts, but he couldn't figure anyone out. Um, he couldn't he couldn't narrow it down just yet. I did. I went with Rondell Moore from the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. they drafted him in the second round this year out of Purdue. Wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kyler Murray. Like, I just feel like it all comes together. Uh, to give him an option, I don't necessarily know what his role looks like this season for them, mm-hmm. uh, because like we said, they do, of course, have DeAndre Hopkins, they've got A.J. Green, Andy Isabella's there, Christian Kirk. I mean, they have a lot of guys, um, yeah. and you don't really know you know, what Moore's workload's going to look like, but I'll pick him, just because I wasn't confident with really anyone else. Um, I'm not confident with this one, but I'm just looking at it in the, area, in the Cardinals' offense and thinking, well, they're going to throw the ball a lot, and um, you don't probably don't pick a guy in the second round as a wide receiver unless you probably going to have some ideas for him early on. So um, I'll go with him, but I, I think that one, I'm less confident on that one maybe as I've been in some of the others we've talked about.
0: Yeah, I think Ron Dillmore definitely has a great opportunity. It sounds like he's going to be kind of in the role that Larry Fitzgerald had been the last couple of years when he moved over to the slot. And I think he he's just brings a different element to the offense than for some of the other receivers that are on this list. And obviously they bring in AJ Green, but I, I do think, He's a, like you said, a, there's a reason. Uh, you know, he's he, there's a reason they targeted him so high. He fits in really well to what they needed. So I think the opportunity is going to match um, what he's going to be able to do in terms of other guys, man. Yeah, I, I still like you mentioned. I did not have anyone in here. I'm excited for a lot of players on the Rams that I think uh, could be. Uh, really impactful and I, it's hard for me to say certain guys would be breaking out like Darius Williams I'd argue he broke out last season as the number two corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey uh, really helped shut down that side of the ball so I can't really pick him man it's it's tough cause I don't I don't know uh, I'll see what, what happens with Dwayne Eskridge with the with Seattle I, I felt kind of odd about that pick when it happened I don't know how optimistic I am at least of him quickly having a huge role in that uh, when you have two guys of the, the caliber of Lockett and, and DK and what their chemistry with Russell is. So, man, I'm <laughs> – Does, D- like, does Daryl
1: Henderson count or is he
0: already technically? I he, no, I think he would. If he had a – you know, he, he, had, he ended up finishing really high with some of his advanced stats, but you could argue that, you know, by the end of the year. I wouldn't say he broke out last year. I think yeah. if anyone, you could say maybe the last six weeks, Cam Akers started to and obviously really disappointing without him – uh, so even it would have been tough for that one. I, I am optimistic about what Tutu Atwell will bring to the Rams' offense and what he can be long-term as kind of what we saw Brandon Cooks have the role of uh, when he was with the Rams when, on their Super Bowl run. They need that vertical element, a really explosive guy. So I do think with what Cooper Cup and uh, even Van Jefferson now with Robert Woods, that, that trio, what they can open up underneath, I'm optimistic about Tutu. Um, so I maybe I'll put him. But I, I, you know what? The person I want to put, and it's just this is I'm, I'm banking on him getting the opportunity is Trey Lance. I do think if Trey Lance yeah. plays a little bit, and has, on, you know, again probably out of the rookie quarterbacks, uh, I, I would argue he has the best the best chance to succeed, or the you know the best environment around him uh, of any of guy with and Kyle Shanahan with that offensive line, with the, the running back, the running scheme that they have, and what it's going to set up for his ability. I'll, I'll go with him just because yeah. you know if he has a career year i can at least say like hey uh, you know <laughs> not that any of us a career year in year one but um yes. i i i do believe that if he gets the opportunity he would put up pretty uh solid numbers and we could argue that he'd be a breakout player but like you said this is a, a tougher division maybe than some other ones where we're you know we already had a guy or two in our mind that we're like all right i'm ready to watch what he's going to be able to do in his first season.
1: Well, we wrap up with fantasy division MVP, and um, this is probably closer than maybe some may think, but I I think for me it probably came down to DeAndre Hopkins or DK Metcalf. I have a little concern, not with DK Metcalf, but just the the Seahawks offense. I mean, they could come out and run the ball 48 times. and um, So, I, I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best bet in that offensive system. I would probably take him over DK, but it's like, you don't you don't see a lot of DK Metcalfs out there either. Um, so yeah, it's just <laughs> one play. I mean, this guy could catch three three balls in a game, and two of them could be touchdowns, and could go for seventy plus yards on each of them. So, um, yeah, I'll go DeAndre Hopkins, but I think it's pretty close.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Hopkins as well. I uh, felt really good about having DK on one of my fantasy teams last year. Definitely more consistent than by the end of the year than uh, Lockett. Lockett had some pretty you look at drafts and you go comparable places, but he really, <laughs> the numbers each game fluctuated like crazy. So even to a certain except for DK, but just not quite as much. I still think Hopkins based on the yeah, the amount of targets, uh, what he's able to do with his route running and creating opportunities for himself to get open. I and how much they want to throw the ball. It's, it's an easy pick for me. I just, he's a little bit higher as a reason you're drafting him probably is one of the top potentially the first receiver for you off your board. So Uh, Easy pick there. One guy I will throw in real quick that I have, I am excited for, in terms of the breakout player that I didn't even look at in looking at these depth charts. I was like, man, this guy's going to have a great chance to succeed. Um, But it is always uh, a running back by committee in San Francisco. But I think Trey Sermon could have a huge uh, role for the Niners. So I'll just want to throw that in there real quick. If if Trey Lance doesn't see the field at all in 2021 because they're winning fine and Jimmy's playing well, I'll say that Trey Sermon is my backup 1B option for the breakout player.
1: There you go. Well, uh, there are choices for the uh, NFC West. Our general overview, as we said, we'll have uh, predictions before the season starts so you can uh, anticipate that How when we actually have to pick these one through four, which is going to be a challenge. Uh, real quickly, Dylan, Hard Knocks is getting started. What are your expectations yes. for the Cowboys? What are, what are we going to see?
0: Oh gosh. I, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm worried that the same thing is going to kind of happen as last year We can yeah. tell, especially with the Rams where they like were so, yeah. it, they really limited the amount of uh, access and what they were really going to show. Obviously it was different with the middle of the pandemic last year too. So that played a role, but um, I, I think, I mean, it's going to be fun regardless because it is the Cowboys. I just, I, I want it to be, I, I need that rawness that we saw for them Not that many years ago, I think of even like, the Texans here, even Tampa Bay, when they had it uh, not too long ago, like where you really got to see, and obviously the old Arnox old are insane with how crazy some of these guys are. But, um, I, I mean, it's the Cowboys, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I do think it'll be interesting to see, the you know, with the Hall of Fame game, I don't think they've ever had that extra game there with a team on Hard Knocks, so we'll get to see uh, quite a bit. And obviously, uh, now that they just had the uh, – the little mini brawl with the Rams and their joint practice last <laughs> week. I, I think that's going to add another fun element that I'm sure they're going to highlight. So uh, yeah, excited for it. Always, always a good time to have hard knocks on. Yeah,
1: Should be interesting. Uh, so there's a look at the NFC West. And uh, of course, Dylan, you have a lot of coverage on everything over clutch points uh, as we get ready for the start of the season. We've already seen games. So uh, we got hard knocks coming up. The season is upon us.
0: Yeah. You can follow all of the preseason games in the clutch points app. We've got running series now looking at all the, players standing out early in training camp, whether it be guys that you're expecting to or more surprising players. So running through all those, uh, tons of fantasy content starting to come out, a lot of a lot of things as you guys prep for your drafts. I know some people are already doing the drafts. I, I, I personally like the draft later to see, <laughs> have all the information possible before injuries happen because we know those are going to happen. On, uh, unfortunately, over the course of the preseason. But yeah, we got all that coverage in the Clutch Points app and clutchpoints.com in Clutch and the NFL section, or if you search fantasy football to find all of our fantasy content.
1: Yep, check it all out there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.